Left alone to our own devices, two seemingly unscathed Gen Xers muddling through life, learning lessons the hard way, we raised ourselves and aren't afraid to be badass bitches. So hold our coffees while we talk life, then and now, we are the Last Key Chip. Hi, I'm Mel, and I grew up back when we had streetlights to tell us when to go home. I survived somehow. Did you? Barely. <laughs> I'm Julie, and I remember those streetlights as well. I also remember um, coming inside and having my footy pajamas laid out for me on the bed and going to bed and not having to worry about um, what my phone was doing. What? What? I mean, the phone was hanging on the wall. What could it be doing? Exactly. Well, it could have had a problem with the, the phone cord. The phone cord is an issue, but we don't want to go there yet. That's a really stressful topic. All right. So, Mel, this is our first episode of our very first ever podcast. This is big. Isn't it? I mean, there's so much to talk about. We are so old. I mean, we saw so many things. We had so many people. And I repressed a lot of it. So this is kind of like going to be like therapy in a way where we dig out what's been pushed down. Oops, I see I'm all worked up. My glasses are flying off. Pushed down deep into the recesses of our subconscious. Somewhere in there is our childhood. And we're going to dig it all up. We'll have some good times. We'll have some laughs. Maybe even cry a little. But I cried before I got here. You did? Just, you know, just to get it out. Okay. Well, I guess we won't cry today, but... Well, I mean, you do you. You do you, but I'm done. So, shall we hit our first topic? Yeah, we have, we, you know, we have a whole litany, a whole litany, fancy words. As we say big word, it reminds me, I would just like to say R.I.P. Rip Pee Wee Herman. I know. Oh, my God. Oh, so soon in this episode of this podcast. Like, we're coming in hot off of a major loss. I did the tequila dance in memory as soon as I found out. Okay. See, that's one of those things that's been buried in my subconscious. I might need to Google it. I, I might need to look that up because I, I just remember a lot of, like, scenes with Cherry and then, like, that creepy Howdy Doody character that yeah. would come to visit. Yeah. Um, no, I, I remember whenever I hear tequila or just a little bit of the the beats of the drums for the song i yeah immediately see peewee dancing and have to do it myself well so paul rubens passed away it was what tuesday so it was it the first just yesterday yeah was it or was it friday oh i don't know See, anyway Gen Xer. we don't know what day it is we work at home but a day or so ago yes a day or so ago poor um paul rubens so who suffered for years with cancer that nobody was aware of, or it just wasn't a publicly acknowledged thing. And, and honestly, he was off the radar for me, but had come back onto the radar in recent years with kids, my kids growing up and me and my husband, both being Pee Wee fans, wanting to introduce them to Pee Wee Herman. So they even know who he is, which is great because, you know, he's Pee Wee's timeless. He's timeless. Um, so they were upset. That he passed away because to them he's still Pewee. Like, yep, 
And you never would have guessed he was 70 years old. No. Pee Wee lives forever as a child at heart, and he will be sorely missed. We won't talk about any of the negatives that may come up about him. We are just going to remember how much we loved him as kids and yep. how he entertained us every and, week. And how much, how many words of the day we got to celebrate, oh. which was really where this started. We, our word of the day will be something that we celebrate on these podcasts, I think, as much as oft as we possibly can if we have a word we like, word of the day. And we won't totally rip off Pee Wee Herman. We'll come up with some other way to celebrate it. But our word of the day today is well, litany. It's litany. Apparently. Buckle up. There's going to be a litany going on. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like I've fallen and I, I'm not going to be able to get up. Yeah, that's Which more of a... reference. I've fallen and I can't get up. All right. Our first topic, though, is Home Alone, which is a reference to uh, a beloved 80s or 90s classic. I don't know. I think it was late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Either so we should have really, you know... We're not doing the research yet. <laughs> But it was very much something that we all watched the movie and then we told our parents, hey, look, you look, you're going to forget we're not with you. You're going to leave us home alone. Yeah, and they probably did and we had already blocked it out. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. that was a big repression, as as we've already referenced multiple times, was a thing then and now. Like, yes. you just didn't, you didn't think about the things that were... Step it down. Fine. The trauma was repressed. <laughs> So, in, in along those lines, though, because we're digging in and we're going into the recesses of our brains, we're gonna we're gonna harvest those moments where we were left to our own devices. We might not have technically been home, but we were left alone. We were. There were many a uh, day where after school there was no one at my home, and the okay. kids in my neighborhood we would ride our bikes to this old abandoned agway that was beside a railroad track i love the beginning of this already this is an awesome place to start continue we would all collect these briars these round prickly things and we would just keep them stuffed in our shirts carrying tons and tons of them and then when we all were supplied as much as we could carry we would start the fight, and we would throw them at each other as hard as we could. Where, what part of the body were you aiming for? You know, whatever, wherever it would stick. I, at the time, had hair down to my butt, and oh, always no. wore it in braids, and would end the uh, match with them stuck throughout my hair, and people having to help me. You were a badass briar bitch. Yeah, I wasn't good at the game, obviously. <laughs> me. But okay, so I had fun playing. Briars, though, like how big are they? Oh, they're big, right? They're like a little quarter, quarter size of a yeah. quarter. Yeah. So that must have been hours of picking and then unpicking. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. How much time did this take? <laughs> I mean, we probably would spend a good hour, hour and a half together. Your attention span. I mean, let, let's let's just stop there. What kid in this? Day and age. Well, maybe they would, depending on how much fun they really are getting out of torturing each other. I guess torturing each other. The key, yeah, that your attention span is longer if there's some element of inflicting pain. I've always been one that 
even if I'm afraid to do something, if I know someone else is more afraid, I can do it. Just to show them I can do it and they can't. Ooh, you've got a you've got a strong sense of competition. I do, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. That would be good in this podcast. That might get us somewhere if you're trying to outdo me. Oh well. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. You know, there's no competition. You're funnier than me. That's why you're here. I don't know about that, but well, well, what else though, Mel? Like after the Briar fight, like was there anything else that you liked to do if you were roaming? Or were you roaming with a group? Were you roaming the streets of your town just? But with- I mean, mainly we would always end up at that deserted Agway because it was like <laughs> in the middle of all our houses, and nobody bothered us. Cars would drive by. They didn't care that we were there. You would look at a group of kids now near anything abandoned, and they would be you know, a, a, arrested or at least broken up. That would have been broken up so quickly. But no, back then it was like, oh, just just keep doing your thing, kiddos. Must be a good time being had over there. And there were there those stand-by-me moments where we would walk the railroad tracks and... Mm-hmm. I never did this. There was only one boy that uh, would hang with us, and he would hang from Literally the railroad hanging. track over the river. Yes. How high up was this? I mean, does it really matter? No. How I just, I just I mean, need to be fully horrified to the most. It was awesome. higher than a house from. Oh, my God. And how was he doing? Like, how, okay, the mother in me is like, how close to death was this kid? Because oh, he always pulled himself up. He was fine. Okay, he just that was his fun thing. He like, oh, watch, and he'd hang. Okay, okay. as I'm lifting my arms in the air because you can see the yes, thing. yes. It's helping me understand at least. So thank you for that. But yeah, no, he um, he was he was the most daring of all of us. I dare say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you had the Agway scene, you had the railroad scene. Did you ever hang out at your houses? Like, were you Not really? Why though? Nobody well, was we there. But we didn't. That was boring. Okay. Why would we want to be at our houses? True. Because some of them actually did have people at their houses. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. that I would have thought you would have gone to the house where nobody was. Wasn't that kind of the allure was like, nobody's here so we can all. I don't get think so. No. No. It's true, though, because my memories are definitely not in a house either. They're like roaming in some way, whether I'm biking somewhere or whether I was um, and there was this industrial park near my house. I mean, it was a hop, skip and a jump to like the Ramada, which God knows what was going on in the Ramada Park. Yeah. It wasn't far. Um, but even just a little ways further down was the industrial park. So that was where all the, like, there was, like, a big printing company and, like, I don't know, these random warehouses. A great place for children to go gather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the scene of many a, many a kid crime. I wouldn't say we really broke or into anything or did anything. But, you know, that was where we got up to no good mm-hmm. was the industrial park. But that's interesting. Yeah, like, being home alone... They didn't really appeal. Yeah, we didn't We didn't want to be. We were home all the time. Why would we want to stay there? No. No one's there to tell us we have to stay there. True. That's the allure. So the movie, Home Alone, really got it wrong because they should have had him be like, great, no one's home. I'm going to go down to the Agway. Well, I mean, Kevin did go shopping. 
True, he went shopping, but that was just like to get the necessities. He he wasn't trying to maximize his time out of the house. Yeah. Anyway, he, but he he had a house a lot full of a lot more people than I ever had. I just had one sibling, so. Oh yeah, that's true. And his house was pretty cool. Yeah. If I lived in that house, I probably wouldn't have left either. Yeah. And we didn't have any burglars trying to get in to make us want to, you know, be creative. Yeah. There was no Joe Pish. No vigilantism that's going to happen. Yeah. True. Um, So, like, what else did you guys like to do? Like, how big a group were you? What were you doing? Uh, There were probably five or six of us. That's a good size group. That's All we had to, you know, on our bikes to wherever, uh, we'd go pa- go past the seaweed factory. <laughs> the seaweed factory. Yeah. Three for seaweed. Because you make things out of seaweed. Oh. Like what was being made? Now I need this knowledge. I, yeah, I really. In the 80s, they were doing stuff with seaweed. It was the real weed. The weed of the 80s. Oh, this is where they're rolling seaweed ice blunt? cream. What? Yeah, I think it's oh, like a hey. I yeah, yeah. so much. But I remember one day when we were on our bikes, one of my friends cut me off, and I went down the driveway to the seaweed factory, and there was their loading dock, so I was, like, headed towards the cement wall, basically, Oh, and God. I couldn't get my brakes to work on my bike. And all of a sudden, my bike stopped. And I saw this man standing at the end of the loading dock kind of laughing. I swear to God, that was a moment where it was a spirit, a angel. I don't know what the hell it was. But it stopped my bike. Wow. And I was freaked out. The the seaweed go- ghost. The goddess of the sea. <laughs> or the god. <laughs> That's unreal. So just, just nothing. No good reason to have it stop. Nope. It was like, and and the the man was laughing. Oh, he says like a knowing laugh. Yeah, like he was like a demon, and he was possessing no. your bike. You know, I don't think I didn't get the evil vibe. Oh, okay. I didn't get a bad vibe. Okay. I I was all thinking good. Okay. Good in the hood. Okay. Good in the. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Bikes could be unpredictable. I have a whole tangent about me and bikes from my childhood, but I don't want to share all of it right away. That would probably be a, you know. That's an episode in and of itself, so we'll save that one. Um, Well, speaking of bikes, though, like, your gang, I had a gang, too, and we would go... Not really clearly in any particular uh, destination around the neighborhood, but it would be the dead end back and up and through people's yards on our bikes. I don't know if you did that. People didn't mind you going through the yard? Cutting through. And I don't think, like, today if I saw a child wandering through my yard to get somewhere, I'd be annoyed. I'm going to admit it. Get off my beach. But I think we just all kind of felt like it was fair game to wander around even i mean there were fences it wasn't like we were one big open area of houses next to each other it was like little yards with fences that we just either managed to get over or around and we were biking around into people's you know yards and there was just no semblance of territory or property line i'm envisioning Ferris Bueller 
running through people's yards trying to get home before his <laughs> sister. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, that if you need to get somewhere, you waste your time on sidewalks or on the street. You can say we didn't have sidewalks. Oh, okay, I was in the uh, I was in the suburban area, but we had sidewalks. We didn't like to use them. Um, so our our bike gang did that. We also ended up hanging out in at least one person's shed. For some mm-hmm. reason, there was a shed that was just wildly interesting. And did it have things set up for you to do? Or in the shed that I recall being that I was fairly young when I was part of the gang that that hung out in the shed. So it was me and like I was maybe like five or six, I'm gonna say, and and these kids were maybe like eight and nine. So Ooh. so much older. So they were doing things in the shed that I really didn't understand. Were they doing <laughs> tell you i had my suspicions that there were some things there were some show and telling showing and telling going on and i wasn't going to have any of it so i didn't partake with whatever activity happened in the shed i out outside the shed i was sort of like the watcher to make sure that nobody got busted because you know but i also wanted to be like no like i'm shit so you're just you're a peeping tom no i didn't want to know see i still don't know what really went on in the shed i only heard about it from what people wanted to tell me when they came out oh Mm -hmm. well those are big spin the bottle days were there bottles in there honestly i don't think they even cared about the bottles they just jumped ahead and from what i heard they were like let me show you this if you show me that there was just you know just tip as they say Tip for tap. Mm-hmm. So that was the shed. Did you have a shed that you had? No, I don't remember any tip for tap. <laughs> you guys are boring. Yeah, you nobody. Barriers at each other. And <laughs> I never saw anybody's tap <laughs> or their tip. You maybe you repressed it. Maybe. Maybe. We're talking. There's some deeply yeah repressed things that we're trying to uncover yeah. that could be in their mouth. All right. Any other, like, things that would horrify our kids to know that was, was the way we spent our unmonitored time? I I have to say I was pretty low-key, mellow overall as a child. I did have the occasional try to make a quick break to run away. But That's true. you got to have a good attempt at that at least one or two times as a kid. And... My sister likes to tell me, as she is almost nine years older. Oh, yeah. So she she tell you what your childhood was. You don't need to remember. She can just tell you. She said the pigtails were a-flying as I was trying to make it to the neighbors. And oh. then she caught me. Mm-hmm. She caught me in the bushes. In the bush? You didn't even make it. You were just you trying were... to go through the bushes to get to the oh, neighbor's obviously. house. You were doing a cut-through. There was a cut-through there. Yeah, run away. But... She dragged me home. Wow, that was so loving of her. And, you know, don't don't confuse me not being home alone because my sister was there. She was just upstairs doing her thing. and Well, God knows. I mean, she was probably, what, a teenager when you were trying to run away. So, yeah. She was in high school. Barely aware of you. Barely aware. I'm impressed she even noticed you were trying to leave. 
I mean, it was just a saver ass. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, please don't go. Yeah. I love you so much. It was, I did. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic. Our, our next topic, let's see how people like this. I think it's funny, but we're going to go tell you all about our cougar crush of the week. Yeah. I'm a cougar. Oh, you're the cougarest cougar I know, but um, yeah, we're both technically in that age group. Um, I think we're probably pretty cougary for where you know where we're at in life. Oh yeah, so definitely. Ask my daughter; she will tell you. Let's see. Okay, how much are you paying her to tell me? Anyway, um, cougar crush of the week. We're going to reference the Tiger Beat days with. with and that's a very specific reference. So back in the 80s, there were multiple, like, magazines centered on all the cute boys and girls of the day. Mostly boys. And there was Tiger Mostly. Beat was my preference. I think there was Bop. I think there were – I tried to kind of go through the mag. There's so many. I, I mean, I, so I used to get Teen Beat. Teen Beat. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that was primarily what I looked at. And I would always take the uh, centerfolds and other pictures yeah. and hang them on my wall. I kiss Rick Springfield almost every night before I went to bed. Yeah, yeah. You have to kiss them if they're up on the wall. Yeah, yeah There's yeah. no point to have them up there. So so our cougar crush of the week, if we had that centerfold up on the wall, who would that be? And it can be anybody. Even though we're talking Gen X days, it could be anybody here now or then. But I, I, honest to God, I have not gotten over one of my first crushes. And he still remains one of my crushes today, Michael J. Fox classic he i can't tell you how solidly i believed i was going to marry him even though i knew he was technically married i think had just gotten married probably by the time i discovered how it was a wholesome good fella i just i remember deliberately wishing that he would get divorced so we could get married i mean is that wrong sorry to your wife michael j fox sorry tracy um yeah and what they've been married thirty something years. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They've made it a few years. I guess they're gonna make it for good. Who I knows? know. I guess, but you know, honestly, he really just is a beautiful human. I, I think I just sense that even then. He's not it, not just a pretty face. He's a beautiful human being, and I've followed him all these years and had sort of lost track. You know, in the in the recent past, as he gave up his acting career, I knew he was very involved with the Parkinson's um, movement to find a cure and the research he has through his foundation. Which has come so far. And it's unbelievable. They're pretty much on the, have they identified something like a. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where they're at, but they've made people much more aware that it's not an older person disease. Michael J. Fox was like in his thirties, wasn't he? When I think he he went 29. And And this is why. I wanted to bring him up as I just watched the documentary um, or the film about his life in terms of that disease and where he is today. And the, the, the film is still. Um, and it's just unbelievable what he shares, him his rise to fame, and then how it just suddenly pivoted to this whole different life that he never saw coming, having this disease come on in his late 20s i think he was 29 i might be wrong but 
that's so young. He was still just starting, you know, to have kids. And yeah, I mean, no one thinks at 29 you're going to get Parkinson's, but no. it happens a lot more often than you would think. So. Yeah. So I just love him. I love everything about what he's done uh, to champion the cause and to show how he can live an abled bodied life despite what he's been well, dealing he, with. He's even continued his acting career. Yes. Yes. Yeah. People haven't stopped you know, hiring him just because of his Parkinson's. Yeah. Because because they know everyone loves him so much. Yeah, he's so beloved. And I if I had, you know, a new centerfold of him, I I would be still giving it a kiss at night. I would. So that's my crush. What about you, Mel? Um, so I have the these two gentlemen who I love now. They're new to my life. They're not back from my childhood. Uh, they have their own podcast, Zachariah and Jonathan. And oh, um, two boys, two Thank boys. You. They are badass bitches. Uh, oh um, well, then I would have a crush. I just they they speak they speak my heart when they they talk about the things that they love, the things that they hate, um, what what's really bothering them. I mean, they just go straight to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And I just... And they're catty doing it. They are. And you know how catty I can be. Though passive yeah. aggressive is my, my uh, primary mm -hmm. skill. I didn't want to go there, but since you brought it up. <laughs> yes, I am the queen. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I, I love them, and they've become one of my new favorite... Uh, people to listen to in the morning when, when I start my day, I want to start on a good note. I want to laugh. Absolutely. They make me laugh. Absolutely. I mean, there are nuances there in life. If you're not laughing, I mean, and I mean, how many things really make you laugh out loud? I mean, we may LOL all the time. Honestly, pee a little. If I'm laughing, I mean, and I'm laughing, but not peeing a little. It's not really that funny, but if I've peed a little, it was good. It's I a good mean, thing. at this age, you pee a little pretty much doing anything. True. I pee yeah. and I sneeze, so I guess. I guess. Cross your leg. That's what we did. But, yeah, I, I, I shout out to uh, the camp counselors. I love you. I live in Maine. I wish I had gotten to see you when you were here. Oh, um, here? Yeah, but. Why didn't you stalk them? <laughs> Sorry, we don't want to admit that there's any uh, intent to stalk anybody. I stalked John Travolta once, and after that, I you did. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> did he? Did he know you were there? No, I didn't really get to him. Because he comes. Well, he had uh, come to Maine many years. I don't know if he still has a place in Maine, but he's been trying to sell it. I don't know if it's sold yet. Because you just keep showing up. Well, I don't think so. I only sh I took the ferry to Islesboro once, mm -hmm. and I drove around and I asked people if they knew where he lived, and of course they didn't want to tell me. So it was really kind of a wasted trip. I wrote him a letter, and I told him I was interested in Scientology. I really wasn't. Oh, wow, I wasn't really laying it on. But I got a nice letter from like his press people, and they told me how I could find out about Scientology. It's like, no, nah, I really just wanted John Travolta. Well, I really feel like there was a huge missed opportunity because I have a friend going way back to college um, whose 
mother, he and both his mother, his mother lives on Islesboro. And so he would spend summers there working at John Travolta's house with her. I'm not kidding you. So if we had crossed paths, let's just, you know, just imagine if that had happened, you would have potentially had access to fulfill your dream. And this might not have been at all where you'd be today. You would be in Islesboro. Quite honestly, my, my, my life of John Travolta goes back to early childhood singing Grease songs with my sister. And I always had to sing John's parts because she had to be a living room. And of course. And then we went to see Staying Alive. And when he walked at the movie theater and when he walked down the street, my sister stood up and whistled. And I was so embarrassed. That's fantastic. And call away. Yeah. And and then I kind of, things died down. But then when Pulp Fiction came out, the love. Brought the heat back. Yeah. I know. Well, that, that was about the time, I want to say, when I met this friend of mine in college is when Pulp Fiction had come out and he was, and that's why I even cared that he was like, oh, what are you doing for the summer? Oh, man, Oliveira working at the Travolta compound. It was like incredible to me like that was like the biggest big time thing and i think maybe he might have like seen him like once or twice but they were he said he was honestly the most like friendly humble kind person everything you hear that he is was how he was in person with my friend so he he treated people really really nicely and no matter who they were and that's how we're gonna end it with john yeah knowing he's a good guy Michael J. Fox, a good guy. The only like good guys. Um, all right, so we're gonna kind of wrap things up with one final topic. Yeah, we're we'd like to be kind and rewind to another TV show that may have molded us a little bit. Oh, maybe there's so many from the '80s. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I I love the Dukes of Hazard. You are you are so awful. You took my show. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I'm mad at you for saying that because now I have nothing left to say. Oh sure, mm-hmm. like that ever happened? <laughs> okay, true. But we we had a car at the time that was almost like the General Lee, and I used to always pretend to the doors wouldn't open and try to jump in. I know. How unsafe was that? That what they were promoting there? You had to like jump through the window. I forgot about that and. Also, like, there's no better name than Luke Duke. Oh, no. I don't know how you could improve on that. And I, I have to admit, like, kind of influenced one of my kids' names. Um, but, yeah, that that was that show, everything about it, Boss Hog, you know, the, like, <laughs> Roscoe Piccolo, Chimney, his dog Flash. Yeah, it was just memorable characters. Classy cars. And, I mean, did you even listen to the theme song at the start of the show without ending it with a... Yeehaw in you. Listen to that. Yes. We might have to, like, just use that as our closing sound every day. Um, Well, mine was, since I can't say that, now I have to go to my other favorite all-time 80s show... I'll say for as a child, there were definitely more as I got into my preteen and teen years. But as a kid, I loved Punky Brewster. 
Do you remember Punky? I do. She was very colorful. She was and sassy. She was sass. She was her own. She wasn't person. rude, though. No, she wasn't rude sassy. She was just spunky punky. Exactly. And she, um, about the time that that show came out, I was seven. She was about that age. And so I remember at I would wear my hair the same way, and I had one of those vests that she wore. She kind of had this, like, maroon puffy vest, which was popular back then. And I got told all the time, like, for a good year or so, I remember in my childhood being, like, a celebrity. Well, you're hovering. Yeah. I looked like her, my little pigtails and everything. So I basically, I took on that persona, I think, for a good year where I just believed I was I was punky. I remember writing a fan letter and being like, I look like you. Can I be on the show? You know, I don't know. I, I really tried yeah. to work that angle. I mean, any angle. Always hey, work it, baby. Always work it. Well, I did with a boy who was much older than me. <gasps> and it had to do with this. So on the playground one day, he was in eighth grade. I was in second. Still don't understand how he knew who the heck I was. Other than our, you know, our paths must have crossed in like, like eighth graders and second graders didn't really mix on the playground, but we must have seen each other. I went to a small private school, so I must have seen him in the mix going to like. This is giving me really pedophile. I feel thing pedophile, but I didn't see that as a second grader. I was like, oh, an eighth grader. Cool. I have a crush on you. And he came over and talked to me. And said, has anyone told you, you look like Punky Brewster? And I died. He saw me and he made an attempt to talk to me. And I was like, that was all I needed. I was over the moon that this boy had noticed, this eighth grade boy. So I, that's another reason I wanted to work it. Because I was like getting me places with I mean, the opening old- doors. Opening doors. Yeah. I, I'm really afraid what door that would have yeah. been. I know. It's true. When I look back, I'm like, you know, okay. Maybe I'm not remembering it the same way that it happened to. Memories are faulty. I I find that in the moment, things don't necessarily seem as creepy as they do when you have a time a little bit later to think about it. It's pretty much our entire childhood, isn't it? I mean, it's life today. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I think we've traumatized or re-traumatized ourselves enough. And I think, you know, it's getting late. The streetlights are coming on. I mean, we got to head home before anybody notices we're gone. <laughs> We'd be in a litany of trouble. I need a better sound. Yeah. Anyway, this has been great. I think I'm, I might feel like coming back and doing this again. We could try. You know, wait till we get into the groove. Somebody might want to hear from us. Somebody may have a comment. They may have suggestions. They may be able to commiserate. We don't know. Is there a way for them to share that with us? I think we should find a way. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll add it to wherever our podcast is published. Um, and we appreciate your time today listening to us talk about the good old Gen Xer days and, of your <laughs> feel so old. I just I just made myself age another year or two. Just talking. I saw I saw the gray hair. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to make an appointment to deal with that. Yeah. But in the meantime, everybody. Enjoy yourselves and don't go to any agways alone. Beep.